A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you. Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and the prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Oh, we've got some children for a children's homily. Are, are, are kids up to coming up front and having a little children's? Oh, yeah, they're up for it. Good, bring them up. I'll put my mask on so I can be good. Here we go. Because I'm going to sit in the aisle, and in the aisle we wear a mask, right? For those of you who aren't familiar with the rule in this diocese, I don't know if we've got any visitors from out of town, but uh, in, in this diocese, they request we wear masks in the aisle, but in the pews, you're six feet away from people, you don't have to wear masks, so in case you prefer it that way. Okay, look, what, what have I got? What is this? A blanket. Well, it does look like a blanket, doesn't it? Actually, it's a towel. I guess you have to be, get kind of closer, and then you can realize it's fuzzy like a towel. And what do we use towels for? That's right. If our hands are dirty, we wash our hands, right? And then we dry them off on a towel. That's right. So when something's dirty, we like to wash it, and then we clean it up, we dry it off with a towel. We can actually even use a towel for, to clean stuff, can't we? Now, why do I have a towel today? What's, what's, what is in the gospel today about a towel? Actually, not much. But the reason I have a towel today is that in that reading that St. Paul gave us, he talks about Jesus being a servant of becoming our servant. What's a servant? Someone who gives you, brings you food. Very good. <laughs> very good. Someone who serves, right? Someone who takes care of you. Someone who works for you in, in a very real sense. See, they come to whatever you need, the servant's there to do for you, right? And so there was a time in Jesus' life and we celebrate this in Holy Week every year, and some, some of you are going to remember this. Jesus took a towel, and he wrapped it around his waist, and he began washing his disciples' feet. Now, do you girls like to play outside? Do you like to, play, do you like to go barefoot? Yeah, do your feet get dirty? Wow. Well, can you imagine if Jesus, the Son of God, came to wash your feet when you came in from playing outside and your feet were all dirty. See, Jesus chose to be our servant. Even though he was God, he created us and everything in the world. He didn't have to be our servant, but he chose to serve us. And St. Paul talks about that in that second reading, how God 
became our servant. And so with that as an example, then we can serve one another. So next time you go playing outside and your feet are all dirty, you can wash each other's feet. <laughs> or maybe you can just wash your own feet. Either way works. Thanks for coming up. God bless you girls. So the gospel today talks about... Oh, I can take this off now. They need to create masks that don't pull your hearing aids out every time you <laughs> pull one off. There we go. So the gospel today talks about tax collectors and prostitutes, both of whom are, are sinners. They're very sinful people. And how they were coming to the kingdom of God before the religious people, the Pharisees, the elders, the scribes, the Sadducees. Now, when we think of tax collectors, we, th we think of the IRS, right? And paying our taxes is, is always an inconvenient thing. We don't like to pay taxes, but we know we have to because we know we need a military to defend us. We know we need roads and lots of things that our taxes go towards. So we don't mind it too much, but it, you know, it definitely is an inconvenient. We'd rather keep that money for ourselves, wouldn't we? But we have friends who work for the IRS. We have people in this congregation who work for the IRS, and they're good people. We don't despise them. That's just their job, and that's the job, and they do it right. They do it well, and we like that. But it was different in Jesus' day. Tax collectors were looked upon very differently because they weren't collecting taxes for their local government. They were, taking, they were collecting taxes for Rome. And remember, Rome was an occupational army. They were, in other words, they were taking taxes from the Jewish people to pay the Roman soldiers to be there and oppress them. It'd be like, say, say China conquered the, the United States and they sent a bunch of Chinese soldiers over here. We had a Chinese army here. And they would come out and they would take our stuff. They'd go into our house, they'd take our stuff and say, this is, we're going to give this to the army now because the army has to be here to keep you under control. We wouldn't like that, would we? We wouldn't like that at all. And so tax collectors were viewed as traitors by that, in that first century Israel. They were viewed as traitors to their nation, traitors to their people. But worse than that, they were thieves because the Roman government did not pay tax collectors a salary. They didn't have a salary. They just simply gave the tax collectors a, a quota. They said, this is how much you must collect for Rome, and anything on top of that you collect, you get to keep for yourself. So tax collectors had a pretty, and pretty simple solution, right? They just doubled everybody's taxes. They got to keep half for themselves because the Romans gave them an army of soldiers to help them collect taxes. So the tax collector would walk into a home with a few soldiers, take what he wanted, say, this is your tax for this year, and then walk out. Traitors and thieves, the worst of sinners. And prostitutes were not looked upon as much better because they as well typically served the Roman army. They're soldiers, they're, they're away from home, they're lonely. And so they tended to be those whom the, the prostitutes would serve. But prostitutes, you know, you must realize that 
In the first century, if you were a, a young widow and you had nobody to look after you, if you say you were an orphan girl trying to find a way to make a living, there weren't a lot of occupational choices. And so many of them found themselves forced into those occupations and they didn't want to be there, but they're just trying to survive. But they were looked upon as heinous sinners because of what they did. You see, the tax collectors and sinners and the prostitutes, they knew they were sinners. They knew that what they were doing was wrong. Whereas the elders of the people, the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, they saw themselves as right. But those who saw themselves as sinners, when Jesus came preaching a gospel of forgiveness, when Jesus came preaching a gospel of love, when Jesus came preaching a gospel of community, those who had always been the outcasts of their society, they flocked to Jesus. They came to Jesus because they wanted to know God's forgiveness. They wanted to know God's love. They wanted to be embraced by a community of those who followed Jesus. This was life to them. But to those who were professionally religious, in, this, in the Bible, they're the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the elders. Think in our society, priests, bishops, cardinals. Those who were professionally religious, they saw themselves as right already. Jesus was threatening to overturn the apple cart. He's making more attention to these sinners than he is to them. You know, there's something about, about those who are professionally religious or maybe just religious people. There's a tendency to want to judge others, to pass judgment on those they don't think are up to their standards. I've worked in a lot of churches in my life, and, and in most of them I've always had this problem that there would be people in the church who felt like they should choose who's allowed in the church and who has to stay out of the church. In fact, I've worked in churches that are called congregational. That means the congregation makes all the decisions. They vote on everything. And if you want to join their church, the congregation gets to vote as to whether or not they will let you in. So there are those who want to believe that they want to protect their little group and not let the outsiders come. Perhaps they don't look right. Perhaps they don't smell right. Perhaps they're not as well educated or as well off as they should be. They don't want these people in their church, and so they try to keep them out, try to keep them away. I was in one church. Uh, it had been a Baptist church, and by the time I got there, they had changed their name to a Bible church, but they're pretty much still the same thing. And... It was a group of people that, it was a pretty small church, and there were like a, a few people who were in control. You ever been in those churches where there was a, a small group that kind of controls everything? And there was a group that was in control, and they wanted to keep everything the same way. And I had conflicts with them because I wanted to bring everybody into the church. And sometimes I brought people into the church that they didn't approve of. But anyway, we're having a dinner. We're having a church dinner, and we ran out of ice. It's a small town. We run out of ice, and how, where am I going to go get some more ice for this dinner? Well, in our small town, we did not have a grocery store, but we had a bar. 
That may say something about that town. So where am I going to go get ice? Well, I'm going to go to the bar to get ice. Well, you know, these people who come up in Baptist, they have this, their own concept about people who go to bars. You know, right? religious people aren't supposed to go to bars. But I had to go to the bar to get some ice. So I go to this bar and I get some ice. Now, it's a small town, right? Everybody knows everybody. So I go in and I go into the, the bar, and I don't know most of these people, but they know who I am. I'm the new preacher in town, right? So they, hey, you're the new preacher in town. How's it going? How's the church? You know, they're all very friendly. Oh, you need some ice? We'll get you some ice. So they gave me some ice. I paid them a couple of bucks. I don't know. They didn't really sell ice there, but they had an ice machine, and they were glad to bag up some ice for me. And as I'm there, I'm thinking in my head, you know, these people are a whole lot nicer than the people at the church I just came from. And I felt ashamed. I felt ashamed that these people were so loving and accepting and very happy to have me there. They had no intention of ever coming to my church, but they were very happy to see me. And I go back to my church and everybody wants to kind of keep everything close to themselves and to keep their, maintain their control, maintain their rightness. I want to read something. This is from that second reading that St. Paul gave us. I want to read this. Brothers and sisters, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and mercy, complete my joy by being of the same mind with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing, do nothing out of selfishness or out of vanity. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests only, but also for those of others. Have the same attitude in you that Christ Jesus had. He was God. But he did not regard being God as something to hold on to. Rather, he emptied himself. He took the form of a slave. He became human. He humbled himself and lived a life of obedience, even to the point of death on a cross. And I want to ask you, is St. Paul describing a religion with a lot of rules, a lot of regulations, a lot of do this or God's going to smack you? Or is he describing a relationship, a relationship in which we love and follow Christ? chiefly by loving and caring for one another. You know, you see the yellow sign. It says religion versus relationship, and I'm sure that's confusing a lot of people. But this is what I'm talking about. We're not called to be professionally, professional religious people. 
I guess I'm a professional religious person, but that's besides the point. But we're not called to be professional religious people. We're not called to be so certain that we're right and other people are wrong so that we can pass some kind of judgment on them. We're called to love. You know, this is something I, I say a lot and usually I upset somebody when I say it. I'm sure I'll probably upset somebody this morning. We should never think of ourselves as being right. We are not right. Only God is right. We could never be right. Our understanding of God, our understanding of the universe, our understanding of ourselves, we don't even know our own motivations for why we do things. Our understanding is so, so small. We're not right. Only God is right. But we can be loving. We can be caring. We can love people and care for people and accept people and welcome everyone into this community. We can welcome them and embrace them as brothers. All right, if they smell bad, you can kind of hold your nose a little bit. But we can, we can welcome all people because Christ welcomes all people. We can accept everybody that Jesus accepts and he accepts us all just the way we are. And yes, I know people have sometimes issues in their lifestyles they need to leave behind, self-destruction that we want them to be set free of. But the reason people live in self-destructive relationships and have self-destructive behavior is because they're broken on the inside. Maybe through our loving them, we can help them find healing. Jesus did not call us to be proud of our own rightness, that we have the right, we know the right rules, we know the right regulations, we know the right things to do so that we can look down on others who don't. He did not call us to that. That's why the tax collectors and the sinners flocked to him, because he accepted them just the way they were and he forgave them. He gave them grace taught them how to have joy and peace in their lives. We should give up on trying to be right and learn how to love. Because we could never be right. But can we be loving? Can we receive all whom Christ loves? Welcome them into our community, into our fold, embrace them. And let us all walk together to Christ. We all have a long ways to go. I don't have it all together, and I don't suspect many of you do either. But let us hold each other up, encourage each other, comfort one another. And through God's grace, let us walk together. Walk together the life of obedience that Christ gave us the example of. Let us take up our cross, follow him, and let his love transform us into love.